Thank you, Pastor. What an awesome opportunity <laughs> to, to lift up the name of the Lord, to encourage his people in the power of his word. I want to show you something. I want to tell you something first. God is a God of generations. He is everlasting. I want to show you something. There's a very importance in generations, and there's a photo I want to share with you. Two photos. Are we, oh, this is my baby Mia. Both, that's when she was a little baby, and then she's a little bit older here in the picture. And in her hands on the other side, that's gunny buns. Gunner is the most annoying dog on this planet. But Mia loves him. She's probably the, maybe, now she definitely is the only person on the planet that loves Gunner, but that's her. Gunner gets lost all the time, and he always comes back home. Matter of fact, he got lost yesterday, and my daughter was kind of getting excited, you know, and guess what? Her husband, Adrian, goes out looking for Gunner. Gunner, anybody seen Gunner? And somebody says, hey, I found your dog. I, I just, he, this guy, just out driving around, hoping he would find somebody looking for a dog. And he found Adrian, and Adrian brought Gunner back home, and Mia was elated. Week before last, Bethany came home from picking the kids up from school, and Gunner was laying in the floor. He couldn't move. He wasn't doing anything. He was barely breathing. She tried to stand him up. He couldn't stand. He had no power in his legs. She tried again to help him stand. He could not stand. She picked him up and put him in the kennel and called Adrian, who was going to come pick up Gunner, take him to the vet, and we don't know what happens at the vet from that point. So the kids wouldn't be exposed because they thought Gunny was at the end of his life. So Bethany's on the phone. Look, it's life-changing, she said, but I think Gunner is at the end. And she's not exactly sad when she's explaining this to me. And you'd have to know Gunner to understand just how annoying he is. It wouldn't take long, just a couple minutes in the room and you'd completely understand. But Mia loves Gunner. So while Bethany is in the kitchen talking to me about Gunner's imminent departure, Mia comes running in. I hear her coming, running. I can hear her in the background. Mommy, Mommy, Gunner's healed. Gunner's healed. Bethany said, what? Gunner is healed. She said, yeah, Mom, you've got to come see Bethany. It's like, oh, hold on, Mom. I've got to go see what's going on. She walks in the living room. Gunner running around, playing, being his usual annoying self. Nothing wrong with him. Bethany said, what in the world? And Mia, my six-year-old granddaughter, said, Mom, I had to. I put Gunner in my lap. I told him two Bible stories. I told him about the Babel Tower and the apple tree. She's talking about Adam and Eve, and we know the Tower of Babel. And she said, and then I prayed, and I said, God... You know how much Gunner means to me. 
and I ask you right now to heal him. She said, Mom, he jumped down off the couch and started running around just like always. That child, yeah. <laughs> I busted out laughing because two reasons. Number one, the faith built up in that child. See, she's not my generation. She's two generations behind me. But the faith built up in that child has produced something that God is able to work in. And right now, it's Gunner. Tomorrow, it may be someone that she touches at school. Maybe she'll preach the word someday. I don't know. But what I do know is that God is concerned about the generations. Praise his holy name. If you will, turn with me to the book of Psalm, chapter 78. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your mighty power. Psalm 78, verses 1 through 8. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old. Things that we have heard and known that, the father, that our father have told us. We will not hide them from their children, but tell them to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord. In his might and the wonders that he has done, he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach their children, that the next generation might know them. The children, listen to this, yet unborn... And arise and tell them to their children, so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. And that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a regeneration whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. God is concerned about those coming after you. God is concerned about you, and God is concerned about the influence that you have on generations to come. Today, we make a decision to have a positive impact in the kingdom for those generations yet unborn. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. He speaks clearly here that we are to tell of the coming generations of the glorious deeds of the Lord. God heals five-pound little dogs, because he's going to build the faith of a six-year-old that is going to impact the world around her. God heals uncurable cancer. Those are the glorious deeds. God has saved every one of us to the uttermost. God has brought us out of darkness and into his glorious light. When we look at our world today, and I'm not talking about trees and mountains and the beauties of God's creation. I'm talking about the world that we live in. There's not a whole lot to glory about, is there? We see darkness on every side. I see things happening every day that I, have, I would never 20 years ago would have imagined would actually be in place in my lifetime. And I'm astounded at how the enemy works sometimes. We see brokenness, turmoil, Nations rising up against nations. Brothers and sisters rising up against mothers and fathers. We see evil 
calling good evil, right? Let's look at the first generation of the world. Adam and Eve in the garden. Everything was good. Everything was peaceful. God walked with them in the cool of the evening. But it wasn't enough for the man and his wife. In disobedience, darkness was revealed to them. They sensed the presence of the Lord in the garden, and what did they do? They ran to hide, right? They tried to hide from God. Then Adam, what did he do? God, it was that woman you gave me. Eve, God, it was that serpent. So they placed the blame of their disobedience on someone besides themselves. The first generation. The first generation. Now, I can say, what if Adam and Eve had been perfect? And we made to the second and third, even to the thousandth generation. I'm pretty sure that I would have picked the apple or whatever it was. Because I'm just human, just like them, right? Mistakes are made. Disobedience is something that happens. Consequence is something that happens. What did God the Father do? Scripture says he called out to them, Adam, where are you? He spoke to them about their sin and explained the consequences of their sin. He covered their nakedness and sent them out of the garden. But you know what he did not do? He did not leave them. He did not forsake them. He covered their nakedness. He did not abandon, but he remained. He demonstrated steadfast love toward them. From the foundations of the earth, God had a plan for you and for me. He knew we'd be sitting here in this house together. And he had a plan even back then. Psalm 66 and verse 20. Be steadfast in the Lord. Blessed be God because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. Do I deserve him? No. But yet he remains. Have I disappointed him? More times than I can count. But yet he remains. When we see about the brokenness in our world today, let us be faithful to proclaim to the generations the steadfast love of God. Psalm 31 verse 7 says, I will rejoice and be glad in your steadfast love because you have seen my affliction. You have known the distress of my soul. There is nothing hidden from God. God knew exactly where Adam was in the garden, but he gave an an opportunity to meet him, didn't he? I'm not telling you to walk through life, do whatever you want to do, and expect God will remain, because God expects us to be obedient. God expects us to follow after him, and why? Because there is life in obedience, and there's life in following after him. I'm telling you to walk through the wilderness, knowing that whatever comes, your God is still on the throne. Proclaim this to the generations. 
Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 9 reads like this. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. The faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love and those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. The Lord your God is for you. He has surrounded you with grace and mercy. He has preserved your life and established his purpose within you. He has charged you to teach your children diligently. He established, back to Psalm 98, he established 78, I'm sorry, Psalm 78. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed him a law in Israel. God ordained that we bear witness and testimony to the character of God to our children. Why? Because we are to testify of Christ, his person, his purpose, his authority, his power, in witness to his grace, his love, and his salvation, which is afforded to us through the blood of Jesus Christ. Let me just say something to you. Something said this, somebody said this to me when my children were little. They said, if God doesn't, if your children do not recognize your authority, how will they ever recognize the authority of God? It is our responsibility to train up this generation coming behind us toward the power and might of an almighty God. They have to understand his authority. They have to understand his blessing. They have to understand the importance of grace and mercy in their lives. How many of you got, listen, maybe I'm the only person that ever heard this, but here's what I heard one time. I heard a father say to a son, you need to get your children in church. You need to be teaching your children about God. And you know what the son said? I see some folks giggling. Has somebody back there said that? I don't know. Here's what, here's what the son said. He said, I want my children to make their own decision. I'm not going to shove God down their throat like God was shoved down my throat. Let me tell you something, and do not be deceived. There is an enemy of your children. There is an enemy of the generations coming up behind them who will influence them towards sin whether you teach them about God or not. And it won't be their decision. It's going to be there. It's in our face every single day. This very real enemy wants to make sure your children are introduced to the seductions of this world. It is our responsibility. It's my responsibility to proclaim the testimony of God and his appointed law to the generations. You can believe that if you speak the truth of God to your children, those words will not go void. They will not go out without a producing a harvest, without producing some kind of fruit. The scripture tells us the word of the Lord does not go out void. When the word of the Lord goes out, something always comes back. You speak the word of the Lord in truth and in love to your children. You tell them who your God is. You teach him, as recommended by the scripture, to teach and train them the good deeds of the Lord. Why? Because there are so many distractions that can draw them away. They need to see something that is real. Know the Lord your God, for he is God. Who is he? What does he tell us? Who am I supposed to tell him you are? He said, tell them I am the I am. He is Elohim. God is God. (laughs) 
He is El Shaddai, my God, the God of heaven. He is El Elyon, God most high. He is Yahweh Rohi, God my shepherd. He is Yahweh Shammah, I am the Lord who is there. Have you ever been by yourself in a situation or thought you were by yourself in a situation? Has he ever left you one time? He is here with us. He is Yahweh Shalom, God our peace. He is Adonai, our sovereign Lord. He is Yahweh El Emeth, the God of truth. He is Yahweh Yira, Jehovah Jireh, the God will provide. He is holy. He is breath. He is life. He is resurrection power. Proclaim his name to the generations that they may also know who he is. Live for the Lord in front of your children. Psalm 102. You know, you can, let's just hold on to just for a second. You can take your children to church. You can send your children to church because you don't want to go. You can shout and praise and scream and play instruments and do whatever you want to do at church. If you don't live it when you go home, it means nothing to them while you're in church. Live for the Lord in front of your children. Let your Monday look as holy as your Sunday. Let your Saturday still look as holy as your Sunday. Psalm 102, serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Serve the Lord with gladness as long as things are going your way. Nope. Serve the Lord with gladness as long as your body is in good health. No. Serve the Lord with gladness as long as you have all the things you want. No. Serve the Lord with gladness as long as that one person is not working on your last nerve. No. The scripture is clear. There are no addendums here. There are no little ways to get out of this. He says, serve the Lord with gladness and come into his presence with singing. And allow your children to see you in your weakest moment. Lift up a banner to the Lord Most High. Allow your children to see you lift your hands in praise and worship of a God who is almighty, who is all-seeing, who is always there. We just went through all of his names, all the things that he means to us. There is nothing you could ever face that he has not already experienced. There is nothing you can see that he has not already known was there. There is nothing hidden from him. There is nothing that comes into your life that is a surprise to him. Whatever the thing is, whether it's a victory on the mountaintop or whether you're at the lowest place you feel like you've ever been in your entire life, you lift up your hands and you worship the Lord and you let those generations coming up behind you see that you are faithful to that God who is always faithful. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Believe me, you want God to dwell with you. Where does God live? 
Scripture tells us he inhabits the praises of his people. In ancient Israel, where the Ark of the Covenant was, that represented the presence of God, right? So, where the Ark of the Covenant was, blessing was poured out. When the Ark of the Covenant was in unfamiliar hands and was handled carelessly, judgment was poured out. Do whatever it takes to make sure the presence of God dwells where you are. Worship the Lord in your home. Worship the Lord in your vocation. Worship the Lord in your truth. Worship the Lord in front of your children and let the generations coming up behind you see that. Your situation does not change who he is. Let the generations see our faithfulness. May those coming behind us find us faithful so that they may know that even in adversity, God is God. Job 13 and 15, Job says here, Those he slay me, I will hope in him. Jeremiah 31 and 7, For thus says the Lord, Sing aloud with gladness for Jacob, and raise shouts for the chief of the nations. Proclaim, give praise, and say, O Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. Your praise and worship of God will be a testimony of God's power and authority over every power, over every principality. Let the generations see you lift your hands in the storm. Let the generations see you offer your devotion to God in every situation and every circumstance. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. With all your heart, soul, and strength. What does that mean? Have you ever stopped to contemplate that scripture that's quoted so frequently? To love the Lord with all your heart is an outward expression of an inner man. Our love for God is not to be hidden. The generations coming behind us need to see our love in demonstration. They need to see the love of the Father in demonstration. They need to experience the love of the Father. And back to chapter 78 of Psalm, that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Why? Because God is their only hope. There's no hope in a dollar, there's no hope in tomorrow. There's no hope in your work. There's no hope in your income. There's no hope that you'll never be sick. There's no promise of any of that. Our only hope is God. Our only hope is in God. He is our only assurance. Jesus Christ is the way to the Father. Outside of Christ, there is only destruction and death. The songwriter said, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. His oath, his covenant, his blood supports me in the overwhelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. He is everything we need. He is life. He is love. He is peace in abundance. 
irregardless of our situation, irregardless of our circumstance. You, you, may, you may not be somebody's biological mother. And if you're a man, you are nobody's mother. This word today, <laughs> I'm not sure what Aaron's celebration is over here, but we're going to. Here's the thing. God has called all of us to influence the generations coming up behind us. God has called every one of us to live this life in him, in front of them, so that they may know the goodness and the power of the Lord every single day. I am so thrilled to have with me today, of course, Brian, he's always with me, but my daughter Bailey and her husband Brandon and little baby Kai is four and a half months old. Just hold him up, Bailey, because I want to show him off. Y'all, this is Kai Beckett Gibson. And as long as there is a breath in his Nana's body, he will be prayed for. And on the very back, y'all, is my precious friend, Tyra. And she brought little Lincoln with her today. I'm not Tyra's mother, but God placed our paths together. And I've had influence on her. She's a generation behind me. And she's had influence on me, the generation ahead of her. There are people in your life, there are people on your path, there are people along your journey who will have an opportunity to know Jesus Christ to know the almighty God because of your testimony. And we just have to be willing to tell those good deeds of God and to share the hope that is within us to those around us at any moment, right? I'm going to ask Pastor as he will to come. Amen. Thank you. Great word. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. I want to just take a a moment, you know, because I had the privilege of getting to spend... um, this past weekend um, with my graduating son, but my mom came, and, uh, you know, I, there were different comments, because, you know, I like to post on Facebook, different comments, you know, you're so blessed to have your mother with you, and I recognize this morning that there's a lot of us who don't have our moms any longer. Our moms have gone on to be the Lord. Many, many um, are today going to the graveyard to put flowers on, um, and I just want to pray for those who might have lost their mom in, in the last few years, and, and, and this is a tough time for them, you know, and I just want to pray that God's grace will be uh, with them today. And then there's some in here who, you know, you, you may not be called mother by a bi- biological child because maybe you've not had children, but I know some of you um, who are in that scenario who have blessed and been a mother to so many, who have loved on and encouraged and stood in the gap, prayed for and I want to say thank you for, you know, being the mother to others. And uh, so I want to pray for you guys. Just before I pray, though, I want to say, Kathy, it sure is good to see you. Look at Miss Kathy Hunt. Come on. She walked in the side door today. Come on. And so thankful for her. But um, I want to pray, and then I want to sing. I, I'm going to sing this a cappella, guys, if that's all right. Um, but I want to pray for you guys. Father, I just thank you, Jesus, for your blessings, for your favor. Thank you, God, for the grace given to us. 
Lord, I'm thankful, God, for uh, my personal mom who has not been perfect through my upbringing. Lord, who has demonstrated uh, character flaws, but has been so open with me to say, Son, I've not been perfect, but I love you. And I pray, God, that, Lord, that we will have the grace for our moms that they have so often shown to us. I pray, Lord, that, that you'll touch those who have lost their mom. And Lord, today is with maybe sorrow or maybe joy in the sense that they know where their mother is today. But God, I know that there's an empty space in our heart. I pray that you'll just give grace and peace to them today, that your hand of mercy will be upon them, Lord. Thank you, God, for all the ladies in this room who, who carry the gift that you've put inside them, the gift of love, the gift of compassion, the gift of nurture, the gift of care. And I pray you'll just bless and encourage and strengthen them today. Thank you, God, for who you are and for what you do. Thank you for mothers. Thank you for this powerful message. May we be generation, generational influencers to all who are coming up behind us. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face towards you and give you peace. I'm going to say that again. Lord, bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. 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 Father, thank you so much. Let your face shine upon every one of these. And let us, as we leave this place, go out, Lord, honoring you, blessing you. Lord, may we be a light to the next generation as those who have gone before us have been a light to us. May we rest in your presence. May we allow your love to shine through us. And no matter what situation we find ourselves, God, may we turn our face to you as your face has already turned to us. We bless you, we honor you, we praise you, and we thank you for the awesome mothers that we have. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you were not able to get a gift, I know that we want to have some for, uh, some of our mothers are visiting their mothers. Some of our mothers are uh, sitting in a camper <laughs> on a vacation this weekend. So we want to save some of these for those. But if, if, if you have someone that you'd like to get a gift for, uh, maybe your mother's in a nursing home or something and not able to be here, grab one and take it to her. 
God bless you. Love you. Men, it's a great day to really love on, dote on that wife today. Come on. God bless you guys. Happy Mother's Day.